Hello and welcome to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. We are yet again glad that you are here with us and have joined us. Thrilled, thrilled. For this recording, this is Skylar Spradlin with the one and the only forever here, has nothing else better to do in his life, Larry Jones. I have a lot of things that I do in my life that are pretty praiseworthy. Only a handful. I, I work on pour over the music that we're going to sing on Sunday. I pour over it. I hope. I study hard the lesson that we're going to uh, teach in Sunday's Bible school, Bible training. Whatever. Bible study. Whatever it's called. Yeah. Whatever it's called. I study over that. Yeah. So, yeah, I do lots of stuff. So that's two. And then I have a regular Bible study that I do. Three. And all this before 11 o'clock. So, see, look at all the freedom you have. I know. To do this. I don't know how we got here. Sometimes I, I pour over, pour over what I'm going to read here. Well, good. You know, read through the systematic theology book and see what Mr. Grudem has got to say. Is that where you go first? It's not the first thing I do in the morning. I mean, I, da, 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 da. sometimes I go to my prayer closet. Happens to be a sofa and pray. I don't do that every day. Maybe well, I should. Why are we dissecting your daily routines? You accuse me of being a slacker. That's why. No, I think you misread that situation. Anyways, Maybe it's a guilty conscience. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Uh, we are here and again doing our thing, which is hopefully God's thing. Absolutely. Uh, as well, where we are talking about various doctrines of the Christian faith found in the scriptures yes, yes. and uh, just barely scratching the surface on those doctrines and hopefully spurring up some thoughts and curiosity and discussion among listeners. Sure. And also praise, worship, adoration of God. Yeah, and we Love always hope God. that they go to the scriptures to find their correct answers because that's where they're at. Yes, and hopefully that's all we're sharing. Hopefully that's all we're sharing. I mean, we do share our preferences and opinions from time to time. Yes, but let's keep that to a minimum. Hopefully the core of what we're talking about is biblically saturated. I say hopefully. Uh, well, that's our intention. Solo scriptura. Wow. You, you have know come, I can speak Latin, did you? You have come a long ways, my friend. Look at you, all edumacated and everything. I know. Wow. I'm pretty thrilled myself. I'm pumped. If I was any more thrilled, I'd be prideful and then I'd have to repent. Mm. Mm. Anyways, uh, a lot of talk about you today. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about the real subject for today, the Holy Spirit. Yes, so continuing our last discussion uh, where we started talking about the Holy Spirit and His nature, the the kind of who he is role. and and then that is a discussion of what he does, his roles, and we covered, yeah, creation and then we covered Old Testament stuff. Oh yeah, Old Testament, Old Covenant stuff, and then kind of barely got into New Covenant stuff. Right, right. And thought that's probably worth its own discussion. Yeah. So that's where we're starting today, right? Yeah, but don't you think we should give just a maybe a brief little synopsis of Old Covenant work of the spirit well yeah just in case 
there's a person out there this is maybe their first time to listen or it's been a whole week since or it's been a whole week since they've listened to that part yeah i know for me i can forget stuff so little synopsis i don't personally think his work changed i think he still illuminates i think he still inspires i think he still grants faith causes people to believe all those sorts of things I just think the way in which he does it is more full in the New Covenant than in the Old Covenant. More personal. Okay. You you didn't say that with conviction. No. More personal. Well, he lives inside of us. He indwells the believer. But he indwelled people in in the Old Testament, not everybody. But not 24-7. Maybe. Maybe. Like Samson, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he killed a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Lord empowered him uh, to to free Israel by killing Philistines. Well, we know that he could and did come and go on certain people. Yeah. Uh, we know that he didn't uh, indwell every every person that belonged to God in the Old Covenant. Yes. Um, I think he might have stayed and remained with some people longer than others. Chances are. So, Chances are. Yeah, I mean, it's just different, right? It's it's not like... Well, some of that we don't know. When David was out in the, in the field watching his flock, plucking on his uh, guitar. <laughs> harp. Harp. Uh, yeah, I, you know, he was worshiping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much Holy Spirit was involved in in that process, but it may have been. Because he definitely, some of his worship turned into the Psalms that we read today. Yeah. Anyway, so the way that the Spirit worked there in the Old Covenant is different than how he works in the New Covenant. So the New Covenant promised in Jeremiah 31, Ezekiel 36, that there's going to come this time when God... uh, Ezekiel 36 takes our flesh, our heart of stone, I'm sorry, and gives us a heart of flesh. Yes. Puts his yes. spirit within us. Yes. Jeremiah 31, he forgives us of our sins, remembers it no more, puts our his law on our hearts, yes. that kind of stuff. That's the foreshadowing in the Old Testament of the age that we now live in called the New Covenant Age. Okay. Wherein yeah. Christ inaugurated that and then ratified that in his blood. That's what he says. So that's the, even the point of the Lord's Supper, right? Ratified. Yeah. Okay. Big word. It is. But this is this is my blood. Ratified for you. Which is poured out for the new covenant. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, this is where we live. Yeah. Thanks to the coming of Christ and all of those the things. The mercy of God. And then it's brought into maybe, uh, I mean, I think we can say, this time I, I think is unique, but between Christ and Acts 2, or, or, or resurrection right, right. and Acts 2. But but we can say New Covenant inaugurated by Christ and His blood. Yes. But maybe not, I don't know, realized until Acts 2. Yes, but there's only a 40-day window there we're talking about. Yeah. Well, it's from crucifixion crucifixion to ascension and then a, a what a 10-day waiting period 
before the Holy Spirit comes to them in Jerusalem. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they were praying together as a group praying. I think that's significant. I do, too. I think that should inform some of our habits as a church and our views towards corporate prayer. And what happened when they did, the Holy Spirit came and and they spoke in different languages and the whole community gathered around to see what this thing was that was happening and and Peter got to present a a message of salvation and three thousand people. Yeah. Yeah, different for us. I mean the Holy Spirit's not coming per se. He's already present. Right. Um but yeah. Same same thing. It should show us something of the importance of praying together and the way that God views that and works through that. Yeah. Kind of so, gives me the idea that maybe we should pray as a group more often than we do. Which we have a whole service devoted to that. We do now, yes. Yeah, for part of that reason. Anyways, uh, we said last time that Acts 2, the Spirit comes and everything absolutely changes. So the people change. We see cowardly Disciples go to courageous apostles. Yes. Uh, we see the the even the scenery change as the gospel goes from region to region, from Jew to Gentile. Right, right, um, right. We see the church being established and built through, through the work of the Spirit. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, and so, uh, you know, I, I maintain that the sign or mark of the Old Covenant was circumcision. Right. The sign of the New Covenant I think a circumcision of the heart, but but manifested in the indwelling of the spirit. Okay, I think that's what that's what marks and distinguishes the new covenant out. That we have God's spirit living in all of us as Christians, right? And living right. there permanently. Ephesians one and a few other places we talked about last time. He's the guarantee of us belonging to Christ. He's the right. seal of our salvation. So when we look and ask, "Am I saved?" Well, we're essentially asking, does God's spirit take up residence in me? Yeah, absolutely. And we should know that, I would think. I mean, not many, many Christians, myself included, have doubted. Yeah. And and the bottom line for me was, have I done what's required of me? Well. So has God, uh, yeah, you know, repent. Which is, yeah. Believe. Right. Uh, all these things that are God aided and God is God inspired or God enabled directed yeah enables and uh, and the answer was yeah I've, I've done those things and then there was a, a an assurance yeah so you've done all you can do now you know you the trust. work of Christ and all that is is yeah. what we're trusting in you trust in that promise that God gives to us whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and right the Spirit comes and testifies into our hearts that we are also children of God with right. Christ. Right. And so everything we we can think about in terms of a Christian, spiritual gifts, understanding truth, uh, serving God, knowing God, all of that is carried on and enabled by the Spirit. Yes. Spiritual growth, our salvation is even applied to us by the Spirit, so justification, the righteousness of Christ, applied to us by the Spirit of God. Sanctification, where we grow in godliness, spiritual growth, Christ-likeness, brought about primarily 
from the Spirit of God in cooperation with the Spirit of God uh, and keeping us for all eternity. God does that, uh, as we even looked at in First Peter 1, guards us for the last day, and he does that through his Spirit. Right. So everything about us as Christians is Spirit-saturated. Yes. We're enabled. That's true. We understand. We serve. We all these things because God has made us alive by giving us his spirit. Right. Right. I'd like to read a scripture now. The one you led me to. Okay. I knew it was there, but I needed help. You just needed the reference. I did need the reference. And there it is. It's in uh, John 16. And... I don't know where to start reading. Uh, Seven. Nevertheless, this is Jesus speaking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So then 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And then in 14, it says, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Yeah, it's a super rich passage there about who the Spirit is and what He does. Yeah, a lot of His functions in our lives. It's not exhaustive, right? We know He does other things, uh, but it's it's really, really rich right there in John 16. I think it's interesting that He's called the Helper who convicts. Yeah. I mean, we we don't like conviction. So we don't want to be told what's wrong. So that we're wrong. To think of a convictor as a helper uh, kind of maybe frames the way that Jesus views conviction or that we should view conviction. Yeah. It's a good thing to be convicted. It helps us to be right with God. If we're not convicted, how do we know we need to repent? Yeah. So the helper helps by convicting. Right. But he also helps in other ways. And I think that's part of why Jesus calls him helper and what makes it so beautiful he helps us to understand. He helps us to right, glorify Jesus. Right. Helps us to see Jesus. Right. When I read the Word every morning, I, he helps me to understand it greater. Absolutely. And uh, gives me guidance and direction, and brings scriptures to your mind and, and your heart. Some things pop out, and I go, "Wow." Yeah. I've read this two hundred times, but first time I saw that. Yeah. It's just a testimony to God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Working in our lives. You know, we talked about last time just briefly, we alluded to it at least, uh, the way that Jesus views the Spirit and the work of the Spirit by saying, uh, if you blaspheme the Son of Man, you'll be forgiven. But if you blaspheme the Spirit, you won't be forgiven. Right. He said that. And so uh, he really he really kind of ramps up the importance of the Spirit of God in our lives and our understanding and in Christianity as a whole. As a whole. I think he does the same thing here in John 16. It's to your advantage that I go away. Right, right. So that the helper can come. Yeah, it's almost like you can do more things with me gone and him indwelling you than you can do now when I'm just sitting here in your presence. Yeah, it's like Jesus is teaching them subtly the significance of being 
indwelt by God. Right. And how much blessing and benefit and privilege that will that will bring. Yeah. It's amazing to me that, you know, we mentioned it yesterday, that the Holy Spirit is God. Mm-hmm. And to think that God lives within us is another just mind-blowing uh, thought. Yeah. God lives inside you. Yeah. So you can't do anything in secret thinking you're sneaking by one on God. Right. Because he's just sitting there thumping you from the inside saying, I'm here. But you can also, I mean, that's, uh, I would say that's the negative. The positive is you can serve God aided and enabled by his help. Uh, absolutely. You can share the gospel and his power. You How can, can you share it without his help? Right. And so some of the fears that we experience are unfounded because we have God living in us, filling right, us right, up. Right. Now, I also think it's interesting in John 16 that Jesus says, It's to your advantage I go away so that yes. the Spirit may come, and the Spirit coming will be to glorify me. Yes, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So he's he's unlike the other members of the Trinity. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. Yes. And he serves to glorify the Son and make the things of the Son known. Right. It's it's almost like the big plan from before creation. Well, yeah. You know, there's there's certain things that each person of the Godhead was to do. Yeah. And uh, in terms know, of salvation or just... In terms just of salvation, yeah. yeah okay. Saving the world. Okay. Jesus dying for the sins of the world and, and the Holy Spirit convicting and, and God calling. Uh, yeah. The steps of salvation have all three of the... Yeah. The triune God involved. Well, I think even Jesus is st- sustained by the Spirit. You have to explain that to me. Well, I mean, his perfect life, he's he's uh, at his baptism, the Spirit descends right, on him. Right, right, right. Uh, we find references that he's working in the power of the Spirit. Yes. Uh, he's crucified true. in the power of the Spirit. Even in one sense, which is, is kind of strange, uh, the references, I think Matthew 4, and uh, the others in the other synoptic gospels, the Spirit leads him to the wilderness to be tempted. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, and sustains him there even. Right. And so uh, the way that all that works is is mysterious to us, but the Spirit of God is always active in the plans and working of God. Right. It should thrill us that that God lives in us and we can do things that we couldn't normally do because the Spirit enables us to do so. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to point us to Christ. He's going to exalt Christ. Uh, following him. He helps us pray. Yeah, I'm Romans 8. Following him means we will glorify Christ. So you want to glorify Christ, you follow the Spirit. Right. You submit to the Spirit. Yeah. And yeah, and in that submission, he's helping us to pray, Romans 8. He's giving us gifts to manifest his presence, 1 Corinthians 12. The uh, fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. In Galatians 5, John 16, he's helping us understand truth and convicting us of sin. I mean, he, he, again, he's the, he's the glue of Christianity. Right, he's our contact. I, I don't want to degrade him in any way, but I want us to realize that the, our entire Christian faith is held together 
and sustained and propagated by the Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So you mentioned last time about not saying the wrong thing, something that's your pet peeve, uh, not giving, well, I have two. The, giving the Holy Spirit a less than honorable name. Yeah. Maybe or less calling him something that's less than God honoring. Well, first, I don't like it when people refer to him as an it. Yeah, that would be like a he's, bad deal. Like he's the force in Star Wars or something. He's a person. Yes. A third person of the Godhead. He's a he. But I also don't like that, that I would say, more recent movement among some uh, where they just want to refer to him as Holy Spirit. Not even when they're addressing him. They just talk about him that way. Holy Spirit did this. And and I'm, they treat it as a proper name. And, okay. And it's not. Well, then, you know, at, as we had that discussion last time, then as I'm praying, I'm starting to stumble over myself because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's not the point of why I brought that up. I'm just saying personal pet peeve. He doesn't give us a name like we've like we're given right for the father or the son. Right. Uh, he, he's described as helper. He's described as holy. He's described as the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ and, and the spirit of truth and the spirit of power. Yeah. And the spirit of life. He's described in all of those ways, but he doesn't he hasn't been given a, a proper name, a proper distinguishing name like the father and the son. And so. I, this Other is than coming the Holy from, Spirit. This is coming from a few years ago, somebody trying to push that on to others. You should call him Holy Spirit. And I think when you're praying, you can, right? Like you can. Sure. Why not? Yeah. But to go around saying, Holy Spirit showed me this. Holy Spirit spoke to me. Holy Spirit, I, I just think you're you're kind of missing out on what's going on there okay a lot of times i would use a phrase god showed me this yeah well is you, that different you, you know how i feel about all that i showed me this i didn't say he spoke to me yeah okay but god revealed through his word yeah i'm good with uh, that things that uh uh excite me get me excited about Makes me want to read more of his word. Makes me pray to him and ask God to open my eyes and my heart as I read. I'm not I'm I'm not gonna die on this hill. Like I don't have a chapter and verse to go and say, Hey, you're being foolish. You shouldn't call the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't just call him Holy Spirit. I'm just saying that's a personal Okay. Preference. Well, and also I know I know that God loves us, cares for us. I think He, uh, if we say something wrong in our prayers or as we're talking to Him, He knows the intent of our heart. He's got he grace our and desires. mercy. Yeah, uh, He knows that that we mean no disrespect and but, to always regard Him as holy. But like we talked about last time, He is also um, high and lifted up. Yeah, I mean He's just big on His name and big on how he's referred to and treated, and he never compromises on that. Yeah. And if so... If he says something, it, it holds true for all eternity. Yeah, so, I mean, 
yes, we can make mistakes and do make mistakes. And God is merciful and gracious and understanding. And yet, if we perpetually make those mistakes or are unwilling to grow out of them, then we have an issue. Okay. Just saying. Okay, just saying. Just saying. Well, so what else about the Holy Spirit? There's more to look at for sure, uh, but we're out of time, man. This discussion goes by fast. Yeah. I mean, we might. I got a lot of little highlighted things that throughout this whole chapter. Well, uh, they're going to have to wait. But maybe we can cover more next time. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow. Uh, like we said last time, this is one of my favorite subjects to discuss uh, because in our Baptist circles or my Baptist circles, I don't think it's discussed very often. Um, but it's, I think, as we've talked about today, critically important. Uh, so I enjoy these discussions, but I also know, again, that we've just scratched the surface. Yes, that's true. So hopefully um, there's some others out there thinking about this subject this doctrine and going to explore it more on their own we would love to hear from you if that's been the case if you've got a question to add or a comment to add to the subject you can reach out to us at doctrinedoxology.com there you can find all of our social media links facebook instagram and twitter Uh, like and follow us there leave a message comment send us an email however you would like to reach out to us you can do that there at doctrinedoxology.com as well as donate to this ministry if God so leads you and uh, find other resources that we hope will be of benefit. Like our partners page. Go look at our partners. I can't. Not you. If they're listening, go look at the partners page on our website and go to those guys' websites. Okay. It's very neat. Yeah, there's a lot of people who have uh, actually... So supported us in their, uh, yes, and their I don't know what you call it, not their beliefs, but their they feel like we're we're following God the way we should. I hopefully hope so. that's that's true always. That's a desire. Yeah. Okay, I will pray. Our Father, we are truly grateful for many many things. Uh, let me start with salvation. We're thankful for your Son who died on the cross for our sins. We're thankful that the Holy Spirit uh, reaches down and convicts us and becomes very active in our lives and, and indwells us is our assurance that uh, you enable us to do many wonderful things for you through uh, the Holy Spirit in enabling us and, and just help us to be faithful. Help us to walk in holiness. Uh, help us to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. And... Uh, and let every desire be to honor him. Uh, Guide us, and thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.